Greetings from Christendom College and the beautiful Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. For many of us in this week of weeks, we have a problem. It's an incredible week. We start with hosannas, we move to the cross, and then by the end we're saying the A word, which we're not supposed to say yet. All right. But the big problem we're having is many of us simply are not going to be able to attend the sacred triduum this year. How unusual. But this may be, in fact, a great time. A great time to deepen our understanding of the family as being a domestic church. You know, the compendium of the Catechism of the Catholic Church was issued by Pope Benedict XVI. And I'd like to share this with you in our reflection this week, in this wonderful week. In number 350, the question is asked in this compendium, why is the Christian family called a domestic church? Now listen to what the Catechism tells us in this compendium. The Christian family is called the domestic church because the family manifests and lives out the communal and familiar nature of the church as the family of God. Each family member, in accord with their own role, exercises the baptismal priesthood and contributes toward making the family a community of grace and of prayer, a school of human and Christian virtue, and the place where the faith is first proclaimed to children. Isn't that beautiful? That's something we can all take to heart at this time of year. What an opportunity it is for moms, for dads, yep, and for grandma and grandpa as well at this particular time to duke an altum, to put out into the deep, as St. John Paul the Great used to say all the time. It's a great opportunity for us now to come together as a family, as a domestic church. I would like to share with you some suggestions of what we might do, you know, at this particular time of year. And of course, you have to be prudent and no, no rigidity here. A lot really depends on how many children you have. Uh, what are their ages? How old are they? All these different things are important. But one thing that can really be helpful is using Magnificat. Magnificat is available online and all sorts of prayers that are involved with the church liturgy and meditations are found there, which you can do as a family. You know, I feel kind of guilty. I oftentimes tease my wife. She's a great uh, Magnificat reader. And I always would tease her and say, there's no salvation outside Magnificat. But all kidding aside, it is a wonderful resource to use, particularly during this time which we're all going through. But what can we do? Well, one of the things you can do for sure as a family is you could pray the divine office together as a family. Simply go to divineoffice.org and the entire liturgical prayer, and you'd be joining in the prayers that are being prayed by the Pope, by all of the bishops, the cardinals, priests, monks, nuns, everyone throughout the Catholic world would be saying that prayer together. And there's a beauty and a strength that comes from praying that official prayer of the church and doing that as a family, as a domestic church. But what else can we do in addition to that? Well, one of the things that we've been successful in our family, I just throw this out here as a possibility, is have a Christian Seder meal. You know, in other words, you get certain foods that are symbolic and they can be used by parents, 
they can use by grandparents as well to catechize the children in the home. It can be a great teaching moment, especially on Holy Thursday. Have to remember, as the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, Parents are the primary educators of their children. They're the first ones to introduce their children into the faith. And what a great opportunity to be at home together and celebrate a Christian Seder. Well, what do you start with? Well, maybe you start with asking a fundamental question like our Jewish brothers and sisters would do. Why is this night unlike any other night? And give a little time there for them to answer and to reflect upon and eventually, well, yeah, Jesus gives us the Holy Eucharist, His body, blood, soul, and divinity. What an incredible gift, what an incredible treasure we have. And even though we can't receive tonight, it's a great thing to reflect upon the beauty of that gift and how many times we didn't receive it properly or with proper preparation. We can also think about the fact that this is the special night when Jesus enters into His passion. So there's different answers that can be given. But start with the question. And then what about the foods? because we're, Lent is over, we're moving into the Tridum. What about the foods? Well, obviously, lamb. Roast that lamb with rosemary. And of course, you ask the kids why the different foods are on the table. And of course, lamb is there because why? Jesus is the Paschal Lamb, and a great opportunity to talk about His sacrifice and the beauty of that. But then, of course, bread. You could have someone bake bread in the form of a crucifix, where you actually fashion a cross put the corpus on it and attach it together and let everyone participate from that beautiful crucifix of bread to remind us how we eat the body of Christ. You could also make little crosses, little breadsticks for all the children to have their own at their place. What a great opportunity to reflect upon the gift of Jesus in the Eucharist. In addition, of course, red wine. Uh, or if younger children, grape juice, reminding us of the precious blood of our Lord that was sacrificed on Calvary. And of course, that He sweat blood this night as well. Taking a look at that, sparkling water, to recall that Jesus is the source of the living water, the effervescent water, which is the life of the Holy Spirit, which pours forth from the heart of Jesus. Other things you can do. An arugula salad. Arugula is bitter. It's a bitter salad. It could remind us of the bitter herbs that our Jewish brothers and sisters would have had and Jesus would have had on that night. Sprinkle it with balsamic vinaigrette, the vinegar to remind us that the vinegar, the vinegar that Jesus tasted when He was on the cross during His suffering. And also you can put a slab of goat cheese on it. Why goat cheese? Well, remember the goat was the sin offering, the scapegoat. It was a prefigurement. It was a type of Jesus. And the sins were placed upon the goat and he was sent outside the camp. So you could recall that as well. Also, hearts of palm as part of the salad. And of course, that would recall Palm Sunday and all the sweet hosannas and how fickle we can be as a people where we say one thing and do another. Great teaching moment. Have olives. Also season things with olive oil. Have olive oil there. Uh, seasoned with salt, as Proverbs said. Season everything with salt and dip that bread in the olive oil. And it will remind us of the Mount of Olives and the, and the great press that was in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus was going to spend this evening in prayer. Another favorite of mine, maybe not your favorite, but I'll throw it out there as well, artichokes. Okay, the stripping of Jesus' garments as you take off leaf by leaf by leaf and then eventually what is revealed, 
the heart of the artichoke, which is the best thing, the best part of it anyway. But it's the heart, and it's the last gift that Jesus gives us in his sacrifice on the cross. And then you could participate and receive the gift of his heart through the artichoke. But have fun. It should be a joyful meal. Remember, if we were at church, they'd be ringing bells. We'd be hearing the Gloria. I mean, it's, it, Holy Thursday is an incredible night for us because of that great gift of the Eucharist. Uh, other things you could do while the meal is going on. You could take out the Gospel of St. John, that beautiful Last Supper discourse that goes from John 13 to chapter 17. Read that. Have different children read different chapters or parts of the Scripture. Those beautiful passages in John's Gospel, chapter 13 to chapter 17, could be very, very helpful. Other things you could do. Fathers of the family, wash the feet of your children. Start with your wife as well. Let them see that you are among them as one who serves. If your spouse is in your alone, newly married, wash each other's feet. Grandparents can participate in this as well. Then remember also when the supper was over, Jesus sang a hymn with the apostles. They sang the great Hillel as they went out. That's Psalm 113 to Psalm 118, traditionally sung at the Jewish Passover. We know that Jesus would have sung those beautiful psalms going out to the Garden of Gethsemane. Then light a candle. Do a holy hour with your family in a quiet spot in the home. Keep vigil with Jesus on Holy Thursday. Then, of course, we come to Good Friday. What do we do on Good Friday? Well, lighting candles around the house can be a great thing. Play chant, play Gregorian chant in your home, and let the home be filled with the atmosphere of monks chanting prayer for Good Friday. Do the Stations of the Cross. Have different spots within your home where you move about as a family to honor the different stations. Have the children draw and fashion the stations. Beautiful thing to do. Go outside, if you have room outside, go outside and bear public witness to the fact that you're reflecting upon this great day that we call good because Jesus won the ultimate victory for us on this day. Also, Magnificat is uh, in the Magnificat, which is available online, or if you have your Magnificat, all of the great Passion of St. John, which we would have read together in church, read the Passion of St. John, have the different members of the family take a different part, and then read that together as a family. Also, the solemn Good Friday intercessions, where we pray for the church, for atheists, for people who don't believe, for Christian unity. Have the father of the family do that, or break it up among the children, and read those great intercessions so we're united with the prayer of the universal church. And then, of course, every Catholic home must have a crucifix, at least on, on their rosary. Have all of the children <laughs> venerate the relic of the cross. If you have that symbol of the crucifix, have them all come up. The parents together can present the cross to the children and can venerate the cross. Then, of course, on Holy Saturday. Big thing about Holy Saturday, that sense of quiet, the Lord is in the tomb. Uh, keep a certain reverent atmosphere in the home if you can. But of course, that evening, as you move from Holy Saturday to Easter Vigil, there's nothing like enkindling an Easter fire. Just like St. Patrick did. He went up on the top of Slane Hill, which overlooked the royal palace of Tara on the plain below. And he lit this magnificent fire and he did a blessing up there. And that began this great mission which led to the spreading of the faith all over Ireland. But again, everyone can have either a bonfire 
or a campfire of sorts, and then bless that fire. Have the children there. Uh, while you're there, if you look in your Magnificat, there is an Easter proclamation where we proclaim the resurrection of Jesus. Do that around the fire. Maybe read St. Patrick's Lorica, that beautiful hymn, Christ be with me, Christ above me, Christ below me, Christ beside me, Christ on my left, Christ on my, re on my right. Something like that could be such a beautiful way to enter into a proper spirit of prayer while you're all gathering around the campfire. Also, there are seven readings that are normally done, all from the Old Testament. Break it up. Have everyone read from Genesis to the prophets, etc. Uh, you can read the epistle. Read the gospel. Another great thing that the popes highly recommend that's normally done at the liturgy at the church, the renewal of baptismal promises. What a great thing to do. They see mom and dad do it, grandma and grandpa do it, and then all the children renew, renouncing Satan, his empty works and his empty promises, and then making a profession of faith. You know how our Lord always prays whenever he found faith in the gospel. He would just praise people for that faith, and what a great opportunity to recite the creed together. And then another thing I would strongly emphasize as a domestic church, mom and dad, bless your children. You have the dignity of being a mother and a father. There's a special blessing that you can give. Lay your hands on your children and bless each and every one of them, recognizing the precious gift that they are from Almighty God. Now, of course, when it comes to Easter, you all have your traditions. You all know what to do on Easter. But maybe as the sun rises this Easter, get up, ring bells if you have them, waking everyone up to see the rising of the sun as the Son of God rose on that Easter Sunday. Read the gospel and proclaim that Christ is truly risen. You know, one of the great exhortations from James, from St. John Paul, he did this in Familius Consortio, his great apostolic letter on the family. He actually came out and said, family, become what you are. That's his exhortation. Family, become what you are. And every family is, in reality, a domestic church. Christus vincent, Christus regnat, Christus imperat. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe and have a blessed tritium and a joyful Easter to each and every one of you. God bless you all.